0: Everybody get ready for Foodie and the Beast with David Nikki Nellis. A foodie born and bred my wife Nikki loves chatting up chefs, dining out, and insider industry buzz.
1: And my husband David thinks a great meal is nothing but a good burger, a frosty brew, and a chef for under $20. Because he is cheap.
0: Well, maybe so, but Foodie married Beast anyway, and together we've got the Food and Wine Variety Show that has everyone talking.
1: It's Foodie and the Beast, and we are on now.
0: Hey, everybody. Welcome to Foodie and the Beast with David and Nikki Nellis on the first Sunday of a new era here in Washington. Mm Going to have a new resident in the White House. And speaking of monuments... In Washington, mm-hmm. the next most important monument after the White House is Ben's Chili Bowl.
1: Yes, it and, is. Uh,
0: Ben's, uh, ben and Ben's, Ben of Virginia uh, Lee founded Ben's in, what, 58 years ago, right? That's right, that's and right. And their son, middle son, Kamal, <laughs> is here. I guess <laughs> the brothers aren't here today. <laughs> um, and Ben's is celebrating uh, 58 years with a big launch today of Eat, Sip, Snap, and Win. It's an online photo contest. You enter your Which Ben's is really memory cool. and Which really cool. Like, I, I can't
1: wait to get into yeah, that and yeah, talk about that on the a air. Yeah,
0: it's of a selfie kind of... It's selfie, selfie kind of thing. world, Social right? Media. And, uh, uh, I mean, if you haven't eaten at Ben's, I don't know what's up with you, but you got to get down there, either the H Street or down Well, on, it's an
1: institution in D.C. Yeah. Betcha. Well, no, they have other locations, which we'll get what? into when we talk about that.
0: Is, is there more than H Street? Arlington yeah. or an airport? What do ECA? I know? I don't yeah. know anything.
1: Seriously, dude.
0: You imagine yeah. eating that and then getting on a plane? <laughs> well, I don't think <laughs> that so. That's not helping, I'm not David. sitting behind that guy. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Go ahead.
1: All right. And later in the show, we're going to be talking about mushrooms. A lot of people like to go out into the woods and sort of find them, but they don't know what they're picking, but today we're going to talk about people who cultivate them. It is a huge uh, industry right now that is taking off all around the country, and in fact, uh, internationally it's happening as well, and we're going to be talking to uh, a farmer, um, who's our farmer, what's his name? Oh, Tony, Tony D'Amico. D'Amico, he's hey. going to be talking to us about uh, mushroom farming. I think it's really going to be interesting. It's going to be cool. Yeah.
0: And speaking of farming, Susan Callahan and uh, Sophia Maroon are here from the Montgomery County Food Council. The Council is sort and they of
1: brought in lots of good focused, food. they
0: did on improving i'm going to read this the environmental, economic, social, and nutritional health of the county people don't know we've got we've got tons of farms in the county mm-hmm. and um actually, Montgomery County is number one in the state for farmers' markets and number six in the states. State for farmers selling locally, which you really don't think about. You think about Frederick County and all that. So we're going to find out more about that.
1: Well, they brought in lots of local products too. I think it's really interesting. We're really going to be talking about the local movement and how to keep that uh, surviving and thriving
0: going uh, forward. And speaking of local movements,
1: yes. Okay, so Food and Friends is back in studio. Their slice slice of life promotion is going on, and you only have a couple more days. Now it's, we do it's bring the pie in. sale. I, I was getting there.
0: Well, I'm
1: helping. Okay, we do bring them in every year. Uh, they sell pies for you to buy for the holidays, but what I really love about this and what I do, David and I do every year, is we buy pies and then donate them back to Food and Friends because they can then then deliver them to their people that because they serve Because we are to. such
0: good people.
1: And Amanda Nova, people. yeah, that's a like a little like itty, bitty, itty, 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 bitty, itty, thing. bitty, bitty thing. But uh, Amanda Nova is in here today, and she's going to talk about all the fabulous work that Food and Friends does and how you can get behind them and their slice of life program this year
0: and uh, if you've been a long time listener and you better be we've been on nine years listen uh you'll remember that uh we had a, a couple of guests that talked about georgian wines uh, a couple of years ago georgian wine georgia is the the cradle of wine wine was invented in georgia about what fifty eight hundred six thousand years ago and uh, Maria Bastash is in from Compass Rose Bar and Kitchen. And, and she
1: was just in Georgia. So she's going to tell us about her fabulous trip.
0: Should I sing back in the USSR? No. But Georgia's always on my mama. Never mind. Okay,
1: please, God. All yes. right.
0: But we're going to be talking about all the great wines that they've got at Compass Rose. And there are some that are private labeled, aren't they?
1: Yeah. Awesome. We're going to be getting yes. into that. Okay. But first, but first, we're going to
0: go to Mike Coke. Mike, speaking of local farming, uh, Mike is uh, the executive director of Fresh Farm Markets and he's on the phone. He's going to give us an update on what's going on out there. Mike, fire away. Hi.
1: Hi, guys. How you doing? Hi, Mike. How are you, honey? Doing
2: good.
0: Is it turkey time out there?
1: Tell us what's going on
0: out there, dude.
2: Yeah. Yeah, well, so we're approaching, fast approaching Thanksgiving, you know, another uh, protein-centric American holiday. And so at markets, we're um, uh, featuring uh, some responsibly raised turkeys and think it's a great time to re-emphasize how important it is to source all the proteins on your table responsibly.
3: Mm-hmm. Um,
2: it's a great time. You know, the holidays are a great time to start experimenting, transitioning to responsibly raised proteins. So we're going to suggest that people shop at a farmer's market and buy their Thanksgiving turkey. Um, you'll find a bunch of the broad-breasted uh, you know, turkey breeds that have the bigger breasts that we've gotten used to as well. Okay, as, this is uh,
1: sounding a little sexy, Mike. I mean, this is yeah, a family probably. show. Turkey you know that, breasts. right?
0: I'm imagining a turkey ge- in a bikini. Are we
2: getting to the legs next? Yes, exactly. Well, you know, the heritage breeds have a lot less breast and a lot more leg and thigh. You know, <laughs> Sounds so. like Nikki. I was just joking. <laughs>
1: That's not funny. It's a little funny. Okay. Well,
2: yeah. So, you know, it's it's important, you know, the the farmers in our system raise the turkeys uh, humanely with the access to outdoors and excellent feeds, And you can get your turkey at uh, DuPont here, of course, Silver mm-hmm. Spring, H Street, Crystal City. And. There's a farmer, Springfield uh, Farm, who is doing a special uh, turkey drop-off at our Annapolis market site as well. So um, you can come to the market or online at freshfarm.org on our Words to Eat by blog. There are full instructions on how you can find a farmer and source a turkey for the holidays.
1: All right, Mike. Thank you so much. Just give us uh, the website, please.
2: Freshfarm.org. Thank you. Thanks, guys. All right. Are you
0: still tan?
1: Um, it's sunny, David. You
0: rat dog! All right, <laughs> goodbye. I don't want to talk to you anymore.
1: So after the show, everybody of course should head down to your local farmers market and help support the local farmers. All
0: right. So Maria, let's talk. I mean,
1: Maria's bringing the
4: party to the studio. Yeah, Come yeah, on, why Maria. Georgian wines. Oh, Where did morning. you guys
0: get like that all started?
4: Um. Well. It's primarily Rose's idea. I blame everything on Rose. Um, Tell everybody who Rose is, please. Rose is the owner of Compass Rose. She's Rose of Compass Rose, Rose Previtt. Mm-hmm. And um, when she hired me, we were looking at the wine list together. And I was like, you know, you don't really, you don't have any French wines on your list. And she goes, uh-huh. Mm-hmm. And uh, so it was a match made in heaven after that. We kind of started exploring this together. But she was over-traveling uh in Georgia, primarily in Moscow, but fell in love with Georgia, primarily because of the culture and the people. Mm-hmm. Um, so, we recently traveled there uh, this summer, and it was definitely the most magical trip um, that I've ever been on. Not only because the food was amazing and the wine is amazing, but the people, the people I was traveling with and the people that I met overseas, um, they're really salt of the earth, uh, like total strangers inviting you into their home. Uh, hosting you, giving you food, and endless wine. And so I want to give it you. know what? Most of
0: the world is, that if you go to Italy, the same thing happens. It's only here when people say, hey, can I come into your house for dinner? Get the hell out of here.
4: Well, it was uh, a beautiful experience, and I'm glad that it's shared around the world. But particularly in Georgia, they have a couple of, uh, I guess, traditions that uh, we took back with us that, you know, really impressed us. So I'm first going to be pouring... Um, the Borgaccioni sparkling wine. Okay. So we pour this at Compass. It's actually in uh, one of our cocktails and has been on the menu since the beginning.
3: Mm-hmm.
4: And the winery itself has been going forever. You know, Georgia wine is over 8,000 years old. It's arguably the longest. 8,000? 8, uh, oh, 8,000. 6,000. Oh, wow. Sorry, I missed 2,
0: That's 000. pretty amazing. <laughs> I don't
4: know what's wrong with me. <laughs> I mean, once you get past, you know, 3,000, it's kind of like. It doesn't a Right. It's long like, time. really, who's
1: counting at this point, <laughs> right? <laughs>
4: But um, I thought we'd start with these bubbles, because mm-hmm. why not? All right. Okay, so let's talk about pie. the toast
1: quickly, because we have to move to our next guest.
4: Absolutely. We're going to be doing a, a Georgian toast. So the Georgians take toasting very seriously, and their cheers is gamma Okay. So I'm handing out this wine right now, and I want everyone to partake in the first toast of the segment, I guess. There we go for you. Okay. Can you do it? Because we have to yep. get to our next guest. Absolutely. I want to thank everyone for being here. Gama Jose. Gamma Joss. Yes. Good way to kick it Thank off. You Thank it you.
0: Is. All right. So this goes great with chili dogs, don't you think? This, <laughs>
1: there <laughs> we go. All
0: right. So Kamal Ali is here from Ben's Chili Bowl. Why did your mom and dad, I mean, what was the idea behind, I know who Ben was.
5: Ben was your dad. But why this kind of place? Uh, family atmosphere. U Street was hot back then, and it's still hot now. Late at it night, is. Black Broadway, all the jazz greats playing up and down U Street and, right. and you know, affordable times. He wanted something affordable and hot dogs and chili. Just I don't know how it came to him.
1: But, you know, Kevin and I, our producer in studio today, we're talking about what Ben's was when you guys opened years ago and sort of it being one of the few late night places where the African-American community could go to and then and how that's changed over the years i mean how how has ben's grown with how 14th street has grown i mean it's changed dramatically
5: huge huge evolution or or just change you know i mean opening 58 great 10 years on black broadway Mm -hmm. riots of 68 Mm. with some devastation led into the drug wars of 78 when i was in high school and you know usually was really rough uh, the metro construction of 88, where they dug up the entire street right. onto, you know, a, it opened back up in 92. So by 98, 40 years after our opening, it was a complete revolution. And then you had the real estate boom, 2008, and now it's, you know, went from $100,000 homes or $50,000 homes to million-dollar homes. Right,
1: right, right, right. And still there's a line outside every single night.
5: Tourists, tourists are galore now after the Obama, you know, uh, coming in Thank you, Obama. Right. Yeah, well, let's talk about that. He he
0: came in to eat. I think a week before he was inaugurated. Right.
5: Yes. Ten days before inauguration. And,
0: and you've had. I mean, uh, you've had a spectrum of celebrities eat there. Give us a couple of names.
5: Make us crazy. I mean, you know, we have all the athletes, movie stars, everybody. Chris Rock, Chris Tucker, Dave Chappelle. All the comedians love to come. Yes. George Lopez, you know. But we have, uh, you know, Shaquille O'Neal, Allen Iverson. I mean, everybody comes in there. You know, at one point or another, you get mm-hmm. them.
1: Well, so, now, can we just talk for people who don't know? And, I mean, in the D.C. metro area, I find this hard to believe. But what is a half-smoke? What is it?
5: It's a great homemade sausage. Excuse me. Half half beef, half pork, and Mm -hmm. smoked. We have a seventh-generation German sausage maker, Okay. who produces them just for us,
3: mm-hmm. and
5: we put the homemade chili on it, creating Ben's Chili Half Smoke. You know it would be a good idea? It would be, be a, a good sauce. idea, a good idea if you put right some chili
3: now. on a
1: half
5: smoke <laughs> while you're talking. That's the reason I'm here, man. Hey, you know, we can dress one up right here. We're going to take the half smoke on the bun. We're going to put some mustard on it.
1: Okay, so this is how you have to order yeah, it, or you should you order All it. the
5: way, all the way. Right? Ben's Half Smoke all the way.
1: Okay, great. All right, Look mustard. We've got oh
5: fresh chopped onions on it. And then we're going to put the homemade oh, chili made fresh well. every day at Ben's by Peaches.
1: Oh, my God. You're sleeping the in Peaches another room tonight. been there like 37 for sure. years. Oh, you're not biting this? Oh, it's
5: going to be good. I know. was
1: talking about me. <laughs> and, you know,
5: it's good any time, but I find that the later Nicole, at night it is and the, the more drinks bite. you've had, the better it gets.
1: Of course.
5: <laughs> well, that's well, right we, up we, alley. Well, just
1: wait. We've got uh, three more bottles of wine to go through there before go. the end of there the show. Go. Okay. So
0: did you always plan to go into the family business? You have two other brothers.
5: I do. It, and everybody's younger, in the business, right? Mm-hmm. Now they are, yes. I, I, I came in first and then followed by my right. younger brother, Nizam. So mm-hmm. like, he went to law school and decided uh, he'd rather sell half-smokes instead. Mm-hmm. And then my oh. musician brother, uh, Sage, who is, came back from California mm-hmm. and then joined forces with us after Dad died.
1: Okay. So now you guys have also now grown the business. So you have next door. Yes, we have two
5: full-service restaurants, Ben's next door, directly next door, shrimp Mm -hmm. and grits, chicken and waffles, all kind of great stuff. Mm -hmm. And then we have Ben's upstairs now at 1001 H Street Northeast.
1: Mm -hmm. Right. Now, so let's talk about the one on H Street Northeast. What do you guys do? Tell us about what's happening there.
5: You know, we came up with a fusion of food Mm -hmm. there that's like uh, reflecting the family history. Mm -hmm. So we start in, in the Caribbean with Dad, and we come up through the Caribbean, through Puerto Rico, through Miami, up through the south. When mom was from Virginia mm-hmm. coming up to Washington. So a little bit of everything, like exotic flavors, we have a great rooftop deck over there. Yeah, hear the rooftop deck
1: is beautiful, yes, right? Yes,
5: And we're waiting as that H Street develops. It's great for private parties and events. Mm-hmm. Great, great brunches as well. Oh, all right. All right. Great. Before we go to commercial, yes, this is so delicious.
1: <laughs> <laughs> that's why they've been around for I'm so long. Probably
0: going to pay for it later, but I don't care. Okay, it's we're going to take
1: a quick break. But when we come back, we're going to talk about this new promotion that you're launching because yes, it's really celebrating, cool. Right. Yeah. All right. This is David and Nikki Nellis with Foodie and the Beast. We'll be back in just a minute.
6: Think of Potomac's Market at River Falls for your local, free-range Thanksgiving turkey and all the sides that make your Thanksgiving special. For catering menu, visit MarketRiverFalls.com or call 301-765-8001. The Federal Drive with Tom Temin. Weekday mornings starting at 6 on FederalNewsRadio.com and 1500 AM. Search Federal Drive. This segment of Foodie and the Beast is sponsored by ProFish, D.C.'s premier seafood company. ProFish delivers only the freshest, safest, and most sustainable seafood. Visit them at ProFish.com.
1: Your agency, your executives, your mission. Find out if we've explored your agency at FederalNewsRadio.com. Search Agency of the Month.
7: In 2008, PGA professional Steve Griner established a Wounded Warrior Golf program to serve the Washington, D.C. area. Since its inception, over 1,000 military lives have been positively impacted at zero cost to the participants. Now, Links to Freedom, an approved 501c3 nonprofit, needs your help to continue providing injured service members and their families this critical rehabilitative program. Please visit linkstofreedom.org. That's linkstofreedom.org for more details today. This is Roger Waldron, president of the Coalition for Government Procurement and host of Off the Shelf. My show brings a voice to commercial service and product companies selling in the federal market. Each week, I talk to experts from inside and outside government about the latest federal compliance and policy information for government contractors. Join me every Tuesday and Thursday morning at 11 a.m. for Off the Shelf on Federal News Radio 1500 a.m. or download it anytime at federalnewsradio.com. Search Off the Shelf.
0: We're back on Foodie and the Beast with David and Nikki Nellis, and we are talking Ben's Chili Bowl their 58th anniversary. Come on, why don't you? I'll just turn the mic over to you. Tell us what's going on there and about the
5: contest. Please, we are so excited about the 58th anniversary and just still being here, guys. We see all these people selling half smokes around the city now that we've popularized. We wanted to go back to the original Ben's Ben's Chili Half Smoke mm-hmm. and celebrate. So we have a contest it runs today. It starts today, runs through the end of the year, December 31st. Social media contest, and it's a memories and milestones. So, we have such great memories over the years. We want all of our fans, all the city, everyone who's come to Ben's to share with us their milestones, their memories.
1: Okay, so everybody in studio, take your picture.
5: I was going to say, post uh, it on Instagram. You're going to start but it off. We're going to have some great prizes for it. So, we call it uh, Eat, Snap, Eat, Sip, Snap, and Win. Mm-hmm. So, you're going to eat your half smoke or your whatever you love at Ben's. You're going to have your drink, your Coke. You're going to take your picture and you're going to upload it online. Right. So we have the website, we have you know Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, then, whatever you want to upload it to, we're going to get it.
1: And then we're going to judge it.
5: Yep, we're going to judge it. I'm we're going to judge it at the end of the year. I'm judging. Now we're gonna, we are going to we got to do your hashtag, so hashtag. I'm
1: judging. Hashtag you are, Ben's you hashtag. picked her as a
5: judge? i judge. We might use her as a judge, that's um, right. Excuse ha- me. <laughs> Who's the beast? Who eats this kind of food? Not Nikki.
1: I just finished it. I don't boy, know what you're oh talking boy. about. You
5: She's not eating you. you. I've been dissed. Don't forget your hashtags. Hashtag. Uh you know, Ben's Half Smoke, mm-hmm. hashtag, what else we got? Well, Ben'sChiliBowl.com. you can... Yes, uh, we have, you know... I mean, even is, I know that. Bigger, bigger is better at Ben's. We have all kinds of hashtags. Make sure you look them up and put them out there. All, all right. right. We Ben's got about, Half Smoke Holiday, that's what we'll we're calling it. And we'll
1: continue promoting it. We'll and there's another sure. one we're
5: going called Ben's Selfie Sundays. So hashtag okay. Ben's Selfie Sunday. Coming on Sundays... And you get, and you get different prizes. There are going to be prizes every week for that. We're going to mm-hmm. have the grand prizes. Yeah, some of these
0: prizes are Delta Airline tickets and, uh, Howard Theater tickets. I'm just looking at it all this. Yes, is yes. Cool. And for
5: the grand prizes, we're going to maybe do, you know, airlines or maybe a little vacation, a honeymoon or something. We're working all that out. Okay. But t- for today, since it's a Redskins football day, go mm-hmm. skins. We're going to give out two tickets for today's winner for the skins Giants game on New Year's Day. Oh my right? God! So me- make sure you get in there today. Start this thing off. <laughs> we'll Take your be picture. Ben selfie Sundays. Ben, all right,
1: selfie but Sundays. But I do want to
5: protest the fact that you picked my my wife, the
0: foodie, as a judge and not me because is this anybody is my- else
1: sick of my husband complaining? Oh my God! Mike,
0: what a world this is! Get all a right. Twitter account. So, get on Instagram. Do something.
1: About- change your life.
0: You're talking too much. Okay. Let's let's get uh, before you go all the locations for Ben's.
5: Yeah, we have uh, of course the original 1213 U Street. We have 1001 H Street. We have 1725 Wilson Boulevard in Arlington. Mm-hmm. We have DCA Ronald Reagan Airport. And we have the full-service locations, as we said, Ben's next door, 1211 U Street, and Ben's upstairs, 1001 H Street. Talk about real estate site selection. What a visionary. <laughs> right.
1: Seriously?
0: That's great. All right. Thank you. On, thanks so much. This thanks for great. having us. Best of luck. Enjoy. Another 58 years for Ben's. So, Maria, let's get back to you. This was delicious. I mean... We are big fans of Georgian wines. We, uh, when were we like introducing them? About six years ago?
1: Yeah, six years ago. But we've also had like wines from Bulgaria. Yeah. And um, what's it, Serbian wines? I mean, we've had wines from lots of different Eastern European-, Eastern European regions. And the wines are just... I just don't think the American public knows enough about them, which is why we're such big proponents of them, because they're so good and they're so reasonably priced.
4: Yeah, and that's intentional, too. Um, I think... There is a growing movement to educate, and I think we've talked about this before, like the need for education in food and beverage, um, it's so real, and so we have so many customers coming in all the time to Compass, and they're like, you know, what is Georgia? Where is Georgia? Why do you have Georgia wine? Um, And a huge part of our work is not only, you know, finding the good wines, but then, Enticing people to try them, mm-hmm. uh, there is a little bit of a barrier.
0: Well, entice us to try
4: the next one. So we're going to be tasting the Compass Rosé. This is actually a private label, Rosé. Um, the, As a side note, artwork here is done by Janelle, our uh, beautiful bartender. Um, but we got to go to this winery uh, when we were in Georgia at Shookman Winery, beautiful place. Um, but this would actually go really well with your half smoke right now. So Excellent. I want well, to get this poured. I'm going to have to make another one.
0: <laughs> that's right. That's why I'm not letting Kamal go. He's chained to my, <laughs> uh, my armrest here. Okay, All right. Well, while you're, you're pouring, pouring that,
3: that yeah, we're
0: yeah, going to go. go to another subject, and that's mushrooms. Tony, are you there?
8: I am here. How are you? Hi, good Hi, morning. Tony, How Tony are D'Amico
0: you? is the CEO of Tojo Mushrooms in Avondale, Pennsylvania, and he's also the immediate past president of the Mushroom Council Board which makes him an eminent and also eminent guest. How are you, man?
8: Great. How are you doing?
0: We're good. good so why don't we start off just in general? Uh, we could talk about Tojo and about mushroom farming. I don't think, I don't think many I, – I think a lot of people think you just go out in the woods and look for mushrooms, which ain't the case.
8: That's not the case. That's true. Yeah, so, uh, so mushrooms are, are one of the uh, produce items that are grown indoors in climate-controlled rooms. Um, we start with a, uh, a compost blend of hay and straw and chicken manure and cocoa shells and corn cobs, a lot of uh, recycled materials that otherwise would be uh, waste products. And we uh, we compost them down, uh, which creates a growing medium uh, for our mushrooms.
0: Now, mush, well, mushrooms grow very quickly, right? Don't they increase their size every 24 or 36 hours?
8: Yeah, once we get, once we start to, uh, once we start to see mushrooms in about uh, seven weeks, once we uh, put the compost into the house, in about seven weeks, we'll start to, uh, harvest our mushrooms. And then within, like you said, within 24 hours, they double in size. So, uh, it's a very fast process. Uh, we get three, three, uh, flushes off of each room. Um, about 65,000 pounds come out of a, you know, roughly a 9,000 square foot of growing space. And then we clean it out, and we start all over. So it's well, a it's a three hundred and sixty five day process.
1: Well, here's the thing I find really interesting. Actually, when I was in Iceland, uh, I, I took a trip to Iceland a couple of years ago, and they took us to uh, somebody who does exactly what you do, and it was just racks and racks and racks and racks of mushrooms. Yeah. And what's interesting is that mushroom is such that the mushroom itself is such a you know a complete food, and it's such a way to feed people. And it, as you're saying, it grows so quickly and you can do it 365 days a year i mean what is it what what do we need to do to explain to people how to use mushrooms more because it's such a sustainable it's such a sustainable product
8: yeah i think um you know when you talk to supermarkets or retailers they uh they love mushrooms because it's something they can count on to have on the shelves every day of the year um and they go with, you know, we always talk about mushrooms are you can eat them with breakfast and omelets, you can eat them at lunch and burgers, and you can eat them in dinner. So it's a it's a great product to have year-round in every meal. And, uh, you know, there's there's really uh, so many good benefits to mushrooms. And I'm sure you want to talk about also the blend, which is, you know, the trend is to blend. Well, uh, let's talk about that mushrooms. trend.
0: Yeah, that was the next question.
1: Can we talk about that? Because, um, you know, I've read about it, but I I didn't really... Not that I didn't get it, but I think it's interesting for people to consider because if we're trying to put less protein on the plate because it is better for the community and mixing mushrooms in to different products um can do that. T- talk a little bit about that.
8: yeah, so I think you know for for years and years, the mushroom industry has always tried to target you know as a side dish or or to people that only want to eat vegetables and and what we realized in the last couple of years is our target audience is really the meat consumer, the people that love to eat hamburgers that love to eat tacos that that love meat, but they really don't want to give it up i mean that's the whole idea i'm I'm one of those sense. people I love to eat burgers, but i don't want to give it up well blending you know thirty percent forty percent mushrooms in with your meat, it makes it not, not such a bad choice and uh you know that's what the Mushroom Council has been working on for the last few years, and uh, we're really, really starting to pick up a lot of uh, traction with it. Mm-hmm. And people are realizing that you can cut fat, you can cut cholesterol, you can you don't have to put as much salt into your into your meal because the mushrooms have a a mommy flavor that that brings out like a salinity uh, deliciousness, and uh, it's it's really a cool thing, and it's great to see throughout the nation that that restaurants are picking up on this trend and. Uh, you know, we're starting to see it commercialized now, and you know, beef manufacturers are calling us and, and wanting to introduce this product to some of the national chains, and so it's uh it's really starting to take off. I think we're we're at the very scratching the surface, and uh, over the next several years, we're going to see it explode.
1: Well, I think it's really smart because instead of like usual filler, you know, like breadcrumbs or or something that really right. provides no nutrition and really doesn't uh, take away you know doesn't it doesn't add anything They're, it's filler but this is totally different well, it's,
0: it's low calories it's fat free it's right. dense in nutrients and all that so tony big question where do people get i mean they can just sort of start blending their burgers but is, is there somewhere to go to get information and, and recipes
8: absolutely uh, mushroominfo.com is a uh, is a site that has a lot of uh, a lot of great recipes uh you know one thing another thing that i forgot to mention was that it adds a lot of the moisture content. So if you're a turkey burger person, this is a great way to instead of having a dry turkey burger, add 30 or 40 percent mushrooms to your turkey meat, and it, it really, really gives you a nice juicy burger, just like a just like a beef burger. Now, right. when
1: you say add mushrooms, what mushrooms do you recommend? I mean, there's so many yeah. different kinds.
8: There are. There are. And, um, you know, we're really we're we're promoting and we're and we're talking about we're really just a traditional white mushroom. The one that's in every grocery store in America, mm-hmm. um, you can use the Portobello a cremini or just a, a regular white mushroom that uh, they really work well. We You know, there's you can put them in fresh. You can just chop them up. You can saute them first and then add them to the uh, into the meat blend. Uh, really, you can't mess it up. That's a great thing. I mean, even, uh, even I can do it and not mess it up.
0: <laughs> even you. All right. Tony, t- uh, tell everybody where they can find information on Tojo.
8: Tojo. Okay, yeah, so Tojo we're, yeah, tojo.com. Uh, we're a family, uh, family owned. My brother and I own the farm. We are, uh, fourth generation, believe it or not. Uh, our great grandfather came here from Italy and, uh, and he was a stonemason and, uh, he decided that, uh, mushroom growing was a great, uh, kind of like a hobby back in back in 19, in the thirties and uh, and since then we've uh, we've grown it into a great yeah. uh, to a great
0: business, well we're so. we're gonna return the favor because we're leaving for Italy in about five weeks. So,
8: right. And we're gonna there stay.
0: Go. There go. <laughs> so there. Great. All right. Great. Tony thanks so much. Thank and you, Tony. everybody start start blending mushrooms with your burgers for health and there you go. Uh, Th- and wealth. Thank you All very right.
8: much. I'm happy to be here. Thank you. Take care. Great. You. We thanks.
0: appreciate it. All right so now we're gonna Continue to talk about farming and all that, uh, before we go into the break. Susan Callahan and Sophia Maroon are with the Montgomery County Food Council. A lot of people don't realize, and we're really talking farming, uh, among other things, and, 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 and pristine food sources. A lot of people, first of all, hi. Hi. Hi
1: Hello. guys. Hi. Thank you for joining us. A
0: lot of people don't realize how much farming there is in Montgomery County when you get outside of Potomac and uh, Bethesda and all of that. Um, It's huge farm country all the way up to Frederick and around the sort of the outskirts of Baltimore, isn't it?
9: We have a lot of existing farms, but we also have a lot of great new farmer programs. And so uh, Montgomery County is really trying to promote more farming and providing more food to its residents. Why? Because we all want to eat good food. I knew that answer. (laughs) But, But how are they doing it? Not the why. The question is, I get the why, but the how. How do they do that? Well, I think one of the reasons we have the Food Council, which is a public-private partnership, is to promote and make aware all of the good food that is coming from Montgomery County. Um, it was an agricultural county 20 years ago. Right. And now we have some great existing farms, but um, the county did develop a new farmer program. And so we have several new small farms, both organic and, and conventional, that are growing great food. Mm-hmm. And and how do you guys help with that?
10: Well, Good. I think there are a lot of things that we do. I mean, we have in Montgomery County, we have the Ag Reserve, which is a protected area where farmers, they can grow and it can't be developed. And so what happens is that getting those that product to market, mm-hmm. often there's a barrier. And so what the Food Council does is we really try and grease that wheel.
1: Okay, that's a perfect place to stop. We have to take a quick break. When we come back, we're going to talk about how that next step happens. This is David and Nikki Nellis with Foodie and the Beast. We'll be back in just a minute.
6: thanksgiving special for catering menu visit marketriverfalls.com or call 301-765-8001
7: united soldiers and sailors of america provides food shelter utilities toiletries and the essentials for daily living to our combat wounded service members and their families the need for help rises dramatically in the winter Sometimes our wounded warriors are forced to choose between paying to heat their homes or buying food for their families. You can lessen the burden by donating to USASOA.org. All money given to United Soldiers and Sailors of America goes directly to our service members. Again, that's USASOA.org. We
6: all want to be our healthiest, so we get a doctor. Pretty good, right? Or maybe we get a group of doctors who all work together. Even better. But what if we could have a group of top doctors working together with our health coverage? That would be Kaiser Permanente. We work together to make sure you get the care you need and the coverage to make it happen. Because your health is the only thing that matters. Kaiser Permanente. Rise and thrive. Visit kp.org. Kaiser Foundation Health Plan of the Mid Atlantic States Incorporated, 2101 East Jefferson Street, Rockville, Maryland, 20852. Think of Potomac's Market at River Falls for your local free range Thanksgiving turkey and all the sides that make your Thanksgiving special. For catering menu, visit marketriverfalls.com or call 301 765 8001. All right, so we're back on
0: Fooding the Beast with David Nikki Nellis talking to Sophia Maroon and Susan Callahan from the Montgomery County Food Council. And um, I really should, we should just kind of let you keep going because. As a, I mean, I'm I was raised in Montgomery County. I've been there forever. And while we, you know, when I was a kid, we looked at buying a farm out where Montgomery Village is now. Way to go, Dad! You <laughs> didn't buy it. But um, you know, we don't think about. I mean, we think about farming, but we don't think about it in the context of it's right there around us. There's that two acre farm you mentioned in Silver Springs. Still, um, uh, I mean. I Where's guess, your question? I know well, you're going somewhere here, really, but I can't figure I mean, it out. What does the county do? You know, why why did the county initiate this whole program in the first place is really a good question.
9: Well, I, I think the reality is that it's about keeping ta- tax dollars and jobs in the county. Mm-hmm. Okay? Not only are we talking about farmers, but we're talking about small businesses. You know, Sophia makes a salad dressing, and she employs people. We Farmers employ people. Chefs want to buy local goods. So one of the things that the Food Council did is we did a chef and farmer summit. So we brought in local farmers and local chefs and put them together and threw them in a kitchen and they got to meet each other and they got to see what products they could buy. Now, is that going to be some sort of
1: ongoing process? And let's, you know, given that we talked with Mike earlier from Fresh Farm Markets and they have markets in Montgomery County, I mean, do you work with the, and there are other farmer markets as well, um, but do you work with those farmer markets as a conduit based on what we were talking about before the break, you know, One of the things I know farmers markets have a problem with is that they have these great farmers and they have chefs who want the product, but there's either no delivery system or people don't know how to make the, it's not the connection that's the problem. They know of each other, but they don't know how to get the product to the person.
10: And I think that's a big part of what the Montgomery County Food Council is trying to do and what a lot of the other organizations that exist in DC and in the greater metropolitan area are trying to do right now. Mm -hmm. It's like, they realize that it's it's just that transaction that's failing, and right. so what we've tried to do is identify where those problems lie. So, I mean, a lot of it is delivery. It's it's, and we've said a number of times that if we could do Uber for food and vegetables, right. the problems would be solved, right? right. Because the because I've heard that from lots of different
1: people. I mean, delivery is the biggest totally. issue, and then you have. Charities who could also benefit from the extra product or the product that is, you know, the ugly food, whatever is unusable. I mean, there's a secondary level right there. Well,
9: and that's happening, too. I mean, Mm -hmm. you know, we're not just about we are from the food economy working group. But there's other working groups that work. There's a farmer in Poolsville, Mark Mills, who grows food for manna, for the people who go to manna as as their groceries. Right. And not only are they getting, you know, leftovers, but he's growing food specifically for those families in need. So the Food Council really does address, you know, as many needs as we, environmental impact. Mm-hmm. Talk about composting, you know, composting in the county. We compost. <laughs> well, I mean, what we're when really, they pick it up. Yeah, <laughs> what care. we're really trying to do, you know, what Sophia and I really try to do is, you know, that Chef and Farmer Summit, we want to. We did produce the local food guide. Mm-hmm. So if you really want to go out and buy fabulous salad dressing, that you know, you can find Sophia's product. We just had a maker fair at the universities at Shady Grove where I work. Okay. We had twenty different um makers
10: and twenty different buyers. Wow. And we did it for better. Well, an and how hour. well
0: attended? I mean, are people getting the message? How are you getting the message out?
10: Well a great thing to do would be to go to the website for the Food Council where they mm-hmm. have they've listed all of the local producers and manufacturers that exist here because that's the other thing. Is that like small vendors, we can't compete with national vendors as Obviously. far as marketing. Right. But um but so much of what like Without saying, software makes it all possible. So much of the problems that exist in food right now are software issues. And so, if we can get if we can get that transaction done, you know, mm-hmm. through through farmers saying this is what I have, chefs saying this is what I want,
1: it's just people, opening the communication
10: totally. And then people can try it. You know, they get to try a new dressing, they get to try a new chocolate, whatever it might mm-hmm. be. They try something new, and somebody else introduces them to it and then the market just expands. Well, now
1: let me ask you guys a question, because there are some incubators in D.C. that are doing really interesting things. We've had them both all in studio, um, Mess Hall and uh, Union Kitchen. What like that is going on in Montgomery County?
9: Well, we just had one open in Silver Spring from um, um, Janet Yu, Mm -hmm. and and she started a small one. It's called Mama uh, Mama Goon's Kitchen. Uh, Anyway, so there's a small private one. We've been talking with, uh, the county did open something very comparable. Because what they did, I mean, basically what they did is really magic.
1: Magic. It's revolutionary because not only do they have, like, basically like timeshare stalls mm-hmm. where people can go and create their product, but they also provide them education and background on PR. But now what they're really doing is they're taking those products and giving them avenues to get distributed.
9: Um, Crossroads Community Kitchen, which is going to open in Tacoma Park very soon, okay. is doing that. And the anyway, same thing. They're working with uh, the lower-income um Residents. I mean, we really want to make something we've talked about for about a year now. We really want to make something for somebody who's making the next salad dressing or making chocolate because... I work in a commercial kitchen. It's hard to find commercial kitchen space to rent on a part-time basis. Absolutely, no, yeah. it's
1: really hard. It's, really it's totally different. Now you brought in all this food today. Mm-hmm. That's from Dawson's. That's all from Dawson's. Tell us a little bit you
9: about that.
3: Should probably bring that. that
1: over
9: here. Okay, yeah, because my <laughs> husband hasn't had enough to eat, so that plate should come over to him. Well, again, Dawson's is one of the great uh, small businesses in Montgomery County that really supports that. local farmers. Mm-hmm. Right. So the food came from, you know, the turkey came from a local farm. The potatoes mm-hmm. came from a local farm. And Dawson's just, you know... They're they, going to so go into a have? local
0: stomach, they have three,
9: So How many markets do they have? They have one in Montgomery County they just in Rockville have the one in and and then one in Richmond. Okay, wow. That's, yeah. I mean... But there are other great, you know, there are other great small businesses that support local businesses as well. Right. And, and we just, again, we're that conduit to try and support who wants something local. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, the chocolates can be branded for your own small businesses.
1: Well, if you're a can caterer you a name for because we can see your chocolates, okay. but who would who made okay. the chocolate? it's
10: Sarah Dwyer of Chiquette Chocolate and she makes the most fanciful delicious chocolates you can find. I mean, they're they're delicious to start with and mm-hmm. then she decorates them with such a sense of humor. And they can be customized. so and She's you really, really funny yeah, today. She's
0: really funny. Trump and Hillary.
10: Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. Anyway.
3: <laughs> I'm gonna yeah, okay. Let's that now. I'm
0: going to bite right. the Trump <laughs> <right now. laughs>
1: yeah. Um So how can people get involved? I mean, where? If I mean, we're in Montgomery County, but what can people do to sort of participate in this endeavor?
10: I think the the, I mean, the easiest thing to do is buy local, mm-hmm. and there are so many great farmers markets. I was just at Bethesda Farmers Market where we have a stand this morning. Mm-hmm. And they're they're amazing farmers markets right here that are and they the farmers markets are terrific about setting standards for who can come in and what what you know they want local goods and they want local goods made by farmers and and the that really help keep the market authentic right so that what you buy you know you're getting you're getting product where all the dollars spent went to making the best product possible mm-hmm. not to getting it here so you're spending money on the, what you eat not on the gas station. so you
0: mentioned a, a a farm that grows specifically and solely food for for mana mm-hmm. um well it, they
10: no, they grow a lot of
9: food, they grow manna food for, for it. It. yeah yeah not but i'm saying they do
0: it but yeah, i'm sure that's not there yeah. that's not how <laughs> they're going to make their money but they have an area that's just right. for them so in the district uh, low income families particularly Ward 7 and 8 have Basically, no access to fresh produce because it's all convenience store food and that creates also a ripple of health issues. Out in the county, there's access to fresh produce at the supermarkets, but you got a lot of people that really can't afford it. So. There are programs in DC that are, you know, they they'll take food stamps, they do all that. Is what's going on in the county in that regard? Again,
9: with the food council, we have the food economy working group, and we have the food literacy working group, and they have employees from. And this is really all; it is all volunteers. We're all volunteer citizens who want to make a change in the way we eat. Mm -hmm. So the food literacy group is working with how do people people know what to do with this stuff. So they're offering food. They're offering cooking programs and food education programs. In many different languages. So the access access is there, and now we're going to teach you what to do with it. What to do with it for
1: the product because, you know, I mean, that makes a lot of sense. One of the things we were talking about off air, and I just want to touch on this briefly, but for the people who do have access or the financial means for the local product, because sometimes those products are more expensive, Mm -hmm. how do we educate people that it's worth the cost?
9: Because it's a
1: hard sell for us. It's not a hard sell for us because we understand what goes in it. But some people are like, if I see it for 2.99 as opposed to 4.99, I'm going to buy the 2.99. They're not thinking it all the way through. So how do we educate buying quality and local as opposed to buying cheapest?
10: I think that's the biggest nut to crack. is okay. that how do you get people to realize that the food that they buy from a farmers market that's growing growing the vegetable in soil is so much more nutritionally dense than somebody you know agribusiness that is growing it either hydroponically or or some other means that like there always is a reason for why it's less expensive Mm -hmm. and that reason is going to be either nutritional or um i I think it's probably going to be quality it could be taste there are a lot i mean usually the best way to convince somebody is try it right compare this carrot to that one compare Mm -hmm. this tomato which which you know, grew right here to that other one that grew a week ago, and and well, you know, and so also the last month you can look truck. at
1: it. I mean, when you look at a local egg versus, I don't know what they are. Look at the shell. Like, I mean, the shell, shell is like, mm-hmm. I mean, it's to- the color, everything about it. I mean, like a brown speckled egg is so beautiful compared to like that, you know mass-produced brown egg. I mean, you know what's going into it, but I think people need... It's a, it's a continuing conversation.
9: Well, the other thing is that, you know, your, SN- your SNAP dollars are doubled when you go to a, a farmer's market. Yes. And so that's education as well. So they realize if they go to the farmer's market, they can get more for their money. Mm-hmm. And, you know, there's not a lot of money to feed your family if you're on SNAP or any of these no. other assistance programs. So the federal government and local um, are really working to, to make the food available. Well, we want to thank
1: you guys for coming in today, and we want to bring you back in as salad this
0: grows. Dressing? You want to promote your salad dressing? <laughs> yeah, let's right? tell
1: everybody about <laughs> the salad dressing.
9: I right. just Thanks.
0: tasted it.
10: Yeah, very and, that, and that's another one. It's like looking at the ingredients. And ingredients is often why something costs more, because mm-hmm. shortcuts haven't been taken. Right. All right, mm-hmm.
0: web address it. once more.
9: Montgomery County food council.org
10: Okay.
0: DressItUpDressing.com. DressItUpDressing.com. Dress all right, you, ladies, face. thanks thank you. so much. Thank you, thank Post, so much. Amanda, all right. come on over here. All right, guys. Before,
1: before Amanda starts, do you want to go back to why uh, No, you want to...
0: we don't. We're going to, because you've got a segment at yeah, the yeah, end to talk more about Jordan Nover. I she's supposed
1: to form, form one more class.
0: <laughs> That's all right. Okay. Um, Amanda Nover is the special events director with uh, Food and Friends. Food and Friends is an amazing organization in town that serves about, am I right, 4,400 meals? a day?
11: About 3,000 meals a day. About
0: 3,000. Well, let's make it
11: 4,400. Oh uh,
0: right. Yeah, round uh, up. And uh, these are delivered to folks who have life-threatening or, or terminal illnesses. Who are locked in their homes and can't get out for nutritious meals. And in many cases, their diets are restricted. So Food and Friends has about, what, 12 different menus. 11 plans.
1: different meals. I plans. was close. He just like makes it up as he goes <laughs> I'm good not making he it just up. just makes it up. I,
0: I said 12, like, well, there are 11. Maybe. Did you know? This is
1: why nobody asks you to judge anything. Oh, I. <laughs> uh,
0: is anybody else out there married? Help me. <laughs> Help me, Rhonda. Anyways, and so now you've got, you know, you're raising money with the, 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 Program. I mean, do you want to, we've got about a minute and a half here. Do you want to talk a little about Food and Friends?
1: Let's just talk about Food and Friends. I mean, we, you know, we have you guys in an awful lot because we're huge supporters of you. But for people who don't know, let's explain what Food and Friends does. Absolutely.
11: Food and Friends is an amazing nonprofit here in D.C. that, as you said, serves people with critical illnesses, HIV, AIDS, cancer, and other life-challenging illnesses. And we fill the food gap. We provide meals home delivered as well as groceries in conjunction with nutrition counseling for these individuals delivered six days a week right to their home so you don't have to worry about going hungry when you're not feeling so well, well and i
1: think what's also really interesting is that especially with the grocery concept i mean you provide we've helped make the meals so mm-hmm. we know what goes into it and you know depending on what your diet is whether it's gluten-free or you're mm-hmm. vegetarian or diabetic like you prepare those meals specifically but if it's somebody who is sick with a family you still bought bring a bag of groceries to feed
0: them. Well, I, we exactly. delivered them, too. And when people open that door, I mean, and some of the people that I've handed meals to were really in rough sick. shape.
11: Right, And yeah. the
0: look on their face is like, man, you know, right. thank you. Let's...
11: Exactly. I cannot even imagine, you know, being living with a chronic illness and, mm-hmm. you know, not being able to provide food for my family. And that's why not only do we provide food for the sick person but also for a caregiver and dependents
1: as well well when we talk about access as we were earlier in the show this is just an extension of that but in another way all right Mm -hmm. we have to take a quick break when we come back we're going to talk about ways that you can really support food and friends this is david and nikki Nellis with foodie and the beast we'll be right back
7: in 2008 pga professional steve griner established a wounded warrior golf program to serve the washington dc area Since its inception, over 1,000 military lives have been positively impacted at zero cost to the participants. Now, Links to Freedom, an approved 501c3 nonprofit, needs your help to continue providing injured service members and their families this critical rehabilitative program. Please visit linkstofreedom.org. That's linkstofreedom.org for more details today.
9: Growing
4: up, I was among the one in five American kids who struggle with hunger. And hungry mornings make tired days.
3: Grumpy days. That kind of day.
4: But with the power of breakfast, the kids in your neighborhood can think big and be more.
3: When we're not hungry for breakfast, we're hungry for more. More ideas. More dreams. More fun.
4: When kids aren't hungry for breakfast, they can be hungry for more. Go to hungeris.org and lend your time or your voice to make breakfast happen for kids in your neighborhood.
6: This segment of Foodie and the Beast is sponsored by ProFish, D.C.'s premier seafood company. ProFish delivers only the freshest, safest, and most sustainable seafood. Visit them at ProFish Com. Think of Potomac's Market at River Falls for your local, free-range Thanksgiving turkey and all the sides that make your Thanksgiving special. For catering menu, visit MarketRiverFalls.com or call 301-765-8001. All right, we're back on Foodie and the
0: Beast with David Nikki Nellis. Before we get back to the show, I just want to thank our friends at Pro Fish, uh, Celebrity Cruises, and the Market at River Falls for supporting the show. If you're not a sponsor, shame on you. Mm-hmm. This is a food show, the only one in D.C., so mm-hmm. get in touch. Um, okay, back to food and fruit. Let's talk pie. Awesome. Comment, first of all, give us the 411 on the promotion overall.
11: Absolutely. We have an awesome fundraiser happening right now called Slice of Life, which is our annual Thanksgiving pie sale. It's the 10th year that we've had this event. And um, basically, it's a pie sale. We are selling five different kinds of pies. Mm-hmm. There's apple, pumpkin, sweet potato pecan, and a brownie amaretto pie. Oh, my God. Yeah, they are Where's all that? amazing. <laughs> they are brought to us by our wonderful partner in Virginia, Baguette Republic. Mm-hmm. Um, and they are all available for purchase through this Thursday, the 17th. They start at $28, go up to 45 mm-hmm. And the greatest news of all is that every single pie that you purchase provides breakfast, lunch, and dinner for a Food and Friends client Oh, God, I've been
1: saying a meal, so it's not even a meal. It's a day of food.
11: It is an entire day's worth of meals for one of our clients. Exactly.
0: All right, you got to buy pie, people.
11: Okay, but what
1: I also like, because every year I buy the pies, but I donate them.
11: Yes, if you are not going to be in town for Thanksgiving or you don't like pie or someone else is making a pie for your Mm -hmm. Thanksgiving, you can actually donate a pie for a Food and Friends client on Thanksgiving Day We are open for business because volunteers, hundreds of volunteers are helping us deliver full Thanksgiving meals for our clients. And Mm -hmm. each of those meals includes two pies straight from Baguette Republic. And we need people to sponsor those pies for our clients. Right. So you can buy a pie for yourself. You can buy a pie for a client or you can just donate. Every single bit helps.
1: And what about the volunteer effort? How do Mm -hmm. people get involved in that capacity? And not just on Thanksgiving mm-hmm. or Christmas or on days where maybe people think that's when we should be giving back. Mm-hmm. How do they volunteer? Great end? question. We could not of them. do I got lots of
11: them. We could not do what we do at Food and Friends without our volunteers. We work with about 10,000 volunteers every single year mm-hmm. who come into our facility by Fort Taunton. Folks work in our kitchen. Folks work in our groceries program. Folks help expedite the meals to get them ready to go into the cars for delivery. And, of course, volunteers uh, like your family help to deliver those meals six Mm -hmm. days a week. And so we need volunteers all year round and especially during the holiday season
0: on Thanksgiving. We should talk about your kitchen. It's the biggest commercial kitchen I've ever seen in my life. And it is.
1: And it's also beautiful. uh, Yeah.
0: And -hmm. when, when you do volunteer, you don't have to know anything. You go in, they set you up, you get all the instructions, and then you're part of this automation chain putting Putting meals together.
1: But I also want to say that the people who work at Food and Friends, who help the volunteers, you know, they're, um, there's just this sort of, like, really glowy feeling in there. Like, they love what they're doing now. They know what they're doing. They're like, this is how you do it. This is how it needs to be done. But it's not that they're... Appreciative of the volunteers, but they know that we're volunteers, and they—they're mm-hmm. very good with everybody. You know, they, they really are. If there's somebody who can't do one thing, they find something else for them. Like they try to really incorporate everybody into mm-hmm. the process, and it's just such an overall really good and you, experience. You remember,
0: you're helping to put together—I mean, it's a commercial, but put together food for people who cannot get out of their houses to right. get it. Mm-hmm. So if you don't feed them, they're in trouble. So it's—I mean. It's a lifeline.
11: We do have an amazing team. They put every single volunteer to work, from high school students Mm -hmm. all the way through seniors. They find a job for them. They put them to work. And um, it's really an amazing thing. I think whenever someone comes into our facility um, at Food and Friends, you just can't help but feel inspired and can't help but uh, want to give back to Food and Friends.
0: Well, let's give the website again and just the... the, the You know, slice of life.
11: Absolutely. Yeah. If you want to purchase a pie or learn more about slice of life, just go to
1: slash pie. -hmm. And also look for the hashtag slice of life. You'll see it all over the place and it'll take you to the right direction. By the
0: way, the first thing I ate today (laughs) was was a pumpkin pie. (laughs) And it was good. So that's why I'm a (laughs) fatso. That's fine. Basically. All right.
1: There's a lot of reasons. That's just one of them. That's just a cherry oh on God.
0: top. This isn't the Bash David show. It's All a, right, I shouldn't have teed Maria, you up like that. Yeah, what
1: did you pour me? Is this an orange wine? Yes. Yeah, so we, you know, we say amber, but orange is, you know, it's one of well, the. Well, it's just a new
4: hot. Orange wine is like the new hot yeah, thing that everybody's know. kind of talking about. So we tried. We started out with the Mitsuvani blend. We went to a Saparavi Rosé. Now we're on to Rkatsiteli, which is probably the most predominant grape and the oldest grape in Georgia. Um, they have remnants of seeds dating back to 3,000 years that they've found in okay, clay pots. Okay, this tastes nothing like how it looks. Um, it. This is probably one of my favorite wines that we're pouring right now. Uh, it's a 2013. It's showing really well. And we drank a lot of this while having a fabulous dinner overlooking the Caucasus Mountains. So there might be some nostalgia that being brought really up. sounds really terrible. Right? Sounds horrible. <laughs> I feel really bad for you. Um, we're pouring this right now. I think it's so beautiful and it it's thought provoking, which I really enjoy. Um, <laughs> but just
0: what
9: it, it makes you, you think. Miss me. Like,
0: I was thinking about something about the strep the Caucasus Mountains. He became, he but, he became but, thoughtful Why was it thought provoking? Because you got looped and you. Well,
4: here's, it's such a complex, interesting wine. So amber wine in the most basic form is a white wine done in a red wine fashion, meaning that it is fermented with the skins on. Okay. Uh, typically, white wines, they take the skins off. Mm-hmm. Uh, the skins are where you find tannin. It's where you find structure. It's where you find complexity. Where you make rubber. Um, <laughs> well, in this instance, they keep the skins on for six months, um, and they age it in quaveries, which are these giant clay amphoras um that they Okay, you just said so they, many words that I don't understand. I know.
1: I and we've been doing this show for eight years. So keep going.
4: So quevery Mickey doesn't speak
0: Georgian. I don't speak <laughs> Georgian, but
4: I'm gonna learn. I'm giving you the Spark Notes version. Okay. Um it they're incredible they're huge they're bigger than me Mm -hmm. um and well you're tiny i (laughs) well i think i'm really tall i think i'm like six two okay (laughs) all right
0: we're running out of time girls. (laughs) okay
4: sorry well the point (laughs) is you have to taste it in order to understand it it is delicious and it goes with everything i think it is the new rosé really let
1: me ask you a question it this is delicious and i would this is i like this better than the rosé that you poured not that the rosé was bad it was delicious but this is cleaner and has none of that like back of the mouth taste that that rosé provides this is this is a dangerous wine that's what this wine is
4: but it's funny you say cleaner because it's completely unfiltered and Mm -hmm. it's 100 percent all natural fermentation meaning natural yeast um it's basically untouched by humans they just let the wine do its own thing
1: it's amazing um
4: so it's really beautiful actually to see and so is this a popular
1: wine in georgia
4: um, yes, well, this is so. Shaloori is the winery. They're relatively new. Okay. Um, but they're revitalizing these old practices of winemaking. Mm-hmm. So you're seeing, you know, from the Compass Rose at Shukman, that's like the European style, then Shalori trying to revitalize the Queveries and these old ancient ways of making wine. Um, overall, you're seeing a revitalization of wine in Georgia and the West receiving. This wine, which is a beautiful thing. So now, do you carry this wine at Compass Rose? Yep, I'm currently pouring this by the glass um, on an amber and rosé list. That we're okay, fishing. so
1: for people who don't know what an amber rose, uh, an amber wine is, how do you sell that? Because I think that's a hard. Listen, rosé had its own thing, but they had mass marketing behind it ten years ago. Yeah, you know what I mean they did a major push. There is a little push on orange wines. It's the first time I've heard it as an amber wine. How
4: do... Well, first
0: of all, you make it sound like it's made from oranges when you say orange wine. But
4: they call it orange wine. I mean, am yes, I wrong? Yes, I've heard when people like come in looking for orange wine, I I know what they're talking about. Right. Um, amber, I think, is a bit more accurate. And there is some divisive, you know, like there's a bit of weirdness in the community about orange wine or amber wine in general. Mm-hmm. Um, but the cool thing about it is that you just get people to taste it. Okay. Right? You just kind of like breaking down that barrier and that apprehension. Mm-hmm. And that's what we try to do on a regular basis. Okay. We coffee. have one
1: more minute left. Yeah. So you're going to pour us one more wine. You'll pour it after, obviously. But what? You got one red?
4: I have a red. Okay. um, It's another saparavi, And this is my outside of this Chalori. The mm-hmm. Orgo is probably my favorite Saperavi. Mm-hmm. Uh, so Saperavi is a red wine. Um, if you were to liken it to a, a more well known varietal, I would say that this particular one is more like a southern roan. Okay. Um, it has definitely tannin structure, it uh, has grip, um, and it's, I don't know, they all tell a story. So, okay. this is also done in the Quavery, all natural fermentation, all natural yeast.
1: Mm-hmm.
4: Um, All right, we can pour. Well,
1: we want to thank you so much for coming in and telling us all about Georgian wines. And people can
4: find you at Compass Rose, which is it's located on Fourteenth and T, Mm -hmm. the Little Row House. We are actually a restaurant, not a house.
0: Are you guys going to be doing any wine classes or Georgian wine you know, tastings?
4: Well, stay tuned. Um, Georgia Winehouse has been awesome uh, at partnering with us. We're going to be doing some stuff with Saperavi over the next few months, and there will be tastings around the city, so we can talk about so you how you can keep to, us posted. You'll probably have yeah. to go back to We're Georgia. We're formulating that right yeah. now.
1: <laughs> well, and I think next time you guys go to Georgia, you should be taking two other people with you. Or at Absolutely. least
0: one. <laughs> and I like you better, by the way, <laughs>
1: Thank you so much. Okay. All right. All right. So
0: that's pretty that's much it. That's it.
1: The show is over. Uh,
0: thank you, everybody. You guys were great. Uh, everything you heard on the show today, you can find on Nikki's website, thelistareyouonit.com. Follow mm-hmm. her on Twitter and on WTOP every week. Mm-hmm. What do we got for next week?
1: Okay, so next week is our annual gift giving guide. We're bringing in all the, actually a lot of local gifts that you can find in and around the area. Have you heard of prescription chicken? Because our friend Val Zweig has launched it. You can send chicken soup to your friends, which I think is an amazing gift. She actually has a hangover chicken soup that I love. We have Via Umbria coming in with their Italian delicacies. Yes. And uh, what's going on over in Alexandria. They always do a fabulous thing the day after Thanksgiving and have you been to Shaw because if you haven't there are a gazillion stores opening up over there and they're going to come in studio with their wares too so we want to thank everybody for joining us today in studio this was a really interesting show everybody please have a delicious week